All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys had an incredible weekend. Luke and I got out of town a little bit to uh, San Diego. Dude, it was such a nice trip. It was an awesome trip. We went to the Jack Johnson concert. It was just vibes all over the place. Dude, well, and, <laughs> and what's it was fun- a blast. What's funny is I've never been a huge Jack Johnson fan, but like, uh, you know, I was just tagging along, obviously, because we do an annual trip to San Diego. Yeah. And then his opening acts were very bluesy. Yeah. And I love blues music. And there was this dude who was playing like this electric steel guitar. And he was just absolutely shredding. Yeah. And then, and then I loved how Jack Johnson brought all of like the opening acts up to basically perform with him almost yeah, I haven't the entire seen night. That. I know, I haven't you seen know? that ever. And and uh, yeah, that was one of the vibes because everyone was just having a great time, right? Like how, how cool would it be to be on stage with Jack Johnson, <laughs> yeah. right? And then he wants you to be there. It was so cool. Yeah, it was and, awesome. then, and then like it, it's kind of, a, I feel like what a concert experience is supposed to be because it's like you're experiencing the the your favorite songs from one of your favorite artists, but you're also getting this element of like, uh, the flair of of supporting acts, right? With it, you know what I mean. Right. Whereas, like a lot of times, I feel like everybody keeps to themselves at these concerts. And right, kind of does does their own. It's kind of odd. There's I mean? almost like a little bit of a rift, like mm-hmm. completely different. But yeah, everyone was having a great time, and also the the people watching during dude, this trip was dude. incredible. Oh my gosh. So there was a wide variety of people at the Jack Johnson concert. <laughs> so like on one side you'd get someone just completely stoned out of their mind. <laughs> and then you'd look like two group groups over and then there'd be like little kids playing in, in the yeah. grass. And it was just, you know, it was just full of just such, such a good hodgepodge of people. I saw multiple infants laying on the ground yeah. in, in the grass field, I which know. I thought people, was pretty wild. <laughs> people need to stop uh, putting their infants on the ground when there's like hordes of people walking around there. Drunk stumbling back to the bathrooms Exactly. And stuff. Yes. I know. And it was cramped too. And then it was dark. And then and then TwitchCon was going on in San Diego yes, as well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Tw- yes, yeah, TwitchCon was going. We got was... a, yeah, we got approached by... Uh, I won't go into details, but we got approached by... Uh, a very interesting character who seemed to think that he was very important to the Twitch community, <laughs> and, and I don't think he really was. Well, we tried. Google, well, we were at this packed bar, and this guy came up to us, and he's like, "He's like, yeah, I have a thousand. I've created a thousand careers. Everyone in this bar is here because of me. Like all of this stuff." And yeah. Like, Meanwhile, like, he is taking photos for someone who clearly was the famous person, whom Jason and I don't know who it was, exactly. of course. But well, and the dead giveaway was he like straight up gave us his name and then and what his podcast was, and then we googled it and it didn't exist. It didn't so. exist, <laughs> so and then and then his comment was when we pulled out the phone was, "Well, it's slow moving right now, <laughs> but he's created a thousand jobs yeah, exactly. somehow." So it was yeah, just the people watching was incredible. It, it, it just it was great. It was it was definitely an interesting uh, weekend in SD. Uh, uh, the food was incredible, though. The weather was Good great. Food. It was a nice little getaway. And I'm yeah. getting ready for... Well, you're getting ready for a big career change. I'm getting ready yep. for another uh, insane season. So it was just kind of a nice little getaway. We, we, we've we done that. That's our second annual San Diego trip. And I think, I think we'll keep going. It's a blast. Yeah, I think we should definitely do it for sure. Yeah, so uh, today we're going to be covering um, the episode six i believe of andor and then yeah keep an eye on the feeds in the next couple of days we'll have rings of power and house of the dragon coming out right. as well um you guys know the drill before we get started if you guys could please subscribe to the channel it would mean a lot to us um we really appreciate you guys' support over the course of the last couple of months i also have a link tree that's in the um uh in the description of this video that'll take you to all of our socials and feeds and stuff like that so you can follow those there yeah um so Finally, at long last, right, stuff happened in Star Wars. 
<laughs> you know, and, and it's funny, been a slow burn. It's I, been okay, but it's been a slow burn. Yeah, a lot of development. The I was so in defense of the show. I was talking to my producer uh, at the volume, and he was saying like, he was like, the dialogue has been incredible. I've enjoyed it, even though it's been slow. And right, I want to be clear. Like, like first of all, I think it's. I think I, I talk with my wife about this all the time. I think it's okay to complain about something you like. Yeah, you know, oh, I like think, us in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, I think, I think there's a line, right? But like, I think it was okay for us to be like, "Hey, really enjoying the show, but we're ready for stuff to happen." You right? Know what I mean, I don't think that was that crazy. And it out was, there. yeah, it was completely tolerable. The lead up, like, there was a lot of plot development. You get a really good idea for where the Empire is at. You get a really good idea for where like the general public is at. Right, leading mm. into this, and finally, though, the ball drops. The ball drops. Yeah, and. You know what it was so cool too is like all of the all of the character development adds the stakes. For instance, like the manifesto that gets handed off right. to Cassian at the end, right. or man, that line from the from the one Imperial mole when he looks at the uh, commandant and he basically is like. He's like, you'll hang for this. And then he's like, everything I've done serving for you for seven years, I deserve worse. Right. It was like such, almost like a peace, <laughs> like a, a complete reservation to, to fate. You know right. what I mean? Like this is, I'm, I'm doing what I can to try to rectify my wrongs. Like for it was sure. just, and so it, it was worth it. And, and for the record, I thought the episode itself kind of followed a, sm- a slow burn because in a good way. Yeah. Because like the first, oh, Lola, <laughs> no one can hear your smoker's bark. <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh the at like the first 30 minutes or so of the episode like everything's going smoothly right and you're like where is this going off the rails i'm like guessing i had a point in the episode where i thought that the the uh the locals were gonna send i did off too the rails i thought that multiple times throughout the entire episode i'm just like when are the locals gonna just ruin this for everybody well yeah because that one the leader was pissed no, he, was he mouthy. hated he, was mouthy dude. he hated the empire and he definitely understood basic because when um when the the, the yeah when the commandant uh was translating for him and he didn't translate what he said and he looks at him like this you know he definitely understood what was going on but yeah the the exchanging of the exchanging of hides and then he just tosses it in, in the, the, the fire, fire yeah that was a power move i was I waiting at any moment for them to just turn and attack the stormtroopers and then like raid the facility like i thought it was going to be something like that that ended up messing up the operation yeah i thought it was going to ruin it as well or uh, i thought one of the uh i thought one of um, the rebels was going to get killed in the crossfire. I mean, we, we, we predicted that there would be some some death, and of course there was. And there was, we'll get to it, but there was kind of a big uh, shock at the end of the episode yeah. too. Um, but yeah, at any second, I was expecting them to ruin it. But given the circumstances, the the heist went off pretty well. It I'd went say. off as about as well as you could have hoped for for what it was, which was stealing what seventy million imperial 80 credits, million, eighty million, yeah, imperial eighty credits. million space bones <laughs> yeah, 80 million <laughs> space ducats <laughs> but uh uh but yeah like it, 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 it was it was cool to to like see everybody kind of like a lot of stuff you'd expect like even the chick who is like a total badass like has no. like, a moment of reservation right before the end oh like, she was she, worried she was like are we gonna do this or not and then she ends up pulling the trigger she was uh, worried the kid talks about no barking no barking Lula, come here, baby. But she, uh, uh, 
<laughs> she ends up uh um the, the other thing too you see is the kids talking about how he can't sleep and and you know the cassians of course yeah like, that's normal for my cooking days i know for yeah. sure that's normal <laughs> <laughs> it's just the day before a big meal you just can't, just can't. <laughs> oh. um but yeah so i mean I, I thought there were a couple other little touches like that that when the I, that's the first time we've ever seen like the a uh, startup process for a TIE fighter. I thought that was oh. cool, like watching the dudes climb so down I'm, the ladder. I'm glad and- that you brought that up because, um, yeah, so that, well, we see a little bit of that process in Rebels uh, oh, for yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. episodes, but it was uh, dude, a good TIE fighter uh, cockpit scene is like so, so just, it's like the essence of Star Wars. And uh, I thought, so I thought, you know, TIE fighters are, are amazing vehicles, right? I mean, they, they they're they're incredible to the point even when Poe Dameron gets behind a Tie Fighter, he's like, Whoa, yeah, this thing is he's bad. shocked with how with how responsive and quick it is. So um, I loved how they they shot the scene where the the I forget what it's called, but the, like the the star event had happened right with all yeah, the the, the meteor shower meteor basically showers. the eye, yeah, yeah, and they're flying through it. And I thought that that scene was actually believable. Like, there's some there's some space scenes in Star Wars where I feel like it's just not really believable. Just Is it because the coming TIE out fighters, of space between buildings? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> but like the Tie Fighters are literally so advanced compared to other space vehicles, and and um, I thought it was like super believable how they how they filmed that, and also the visuals in that scene were insane. Mm-hmm. It was it was so cool to watch, and and uh, it's definitely something that I'm going to go back to just to kind of check out the like the visuals. To see if you could scene. pick up on any little things that you missed. Well, yeah, but even just seeing that meteor shower come in was just so cool. I liked how it started with like stragglers too, and then just like the gates open. And right, it was just like a, 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 just a total overload. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a very uh, a stimulating episode visually. There's just a lot going right. on throughout the whole thing. Well, and I feel like even like the physics behind it was was somewhat believable too. Like obviously, we've talked about how physics in Star Wars is different than than physics we see, you know, on our planet, right? So, but like the idea of an entire planet going through an asteroid field. I mean, if the asteroid field is dense enough, which in that one it is, and if the and if the the asteroids are are the right size, I mean, I feel like that's like an, a reason, a reasonable expression of what that would look like in a sky. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, so I think it's, I think, I think it's completely a believable solar event. Yeah, yeah. Without obviously, it was like completely done up, and the scale was ridiculous. Yeah. But I thought it was like really believable, and everything in the episode. There wasn't anything in the episode where I was just like, "Oh, that's a little fishy." Uh-huh. The other part that I thought was cool was um, when Vel and the other, the other chick were were like um dressed up in all their, their water gear they looked like very like special ops I oh dude yeah dude, right right in the weird like submarine hand yeah propeller they, thing. those are real though. those are real we walked by one yeah, of them I've when seen, we were on coronado i've seen them in mission just Impossible. This, well even this last weekend but you saw one in coronado yeah so so sea it's it's i think it's made by sea and it's like a little hand it's it's probably heavy but it's probably the size of you know those like red like lifeguard like floats that yeah it's like the size of that Mm -hmm. and then it's 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 powered and it has like a little uh propeller okay so logistically though doesn't it just propel water into your face and make it very difficult to navigate so if you hold it to like under like if you hold it into your chest and then the propellers okay pushing everything like uh, across your your head obviously yeah Yeah. that makes sense across your across your torso and body so um so obviously it makes it sends waves throughout the empire right the success of the mission um, you hear uh, some dude crack a joke in the antique shop. 
Yeah. And uh, our guy, Luthen, has basically a moment of celebration. Clearly his first big win as, right. a, as a one of the leaders of the rebellion. Mon Mothma, of course, is like... At first I thought that was going in a different direction. Like, oh, like she's acting like a humanitarian and all of the senators are like screw this girl we're just gonna like stop listening oh and i be see rude and talk over her and walk out and then you're like oh it's because Something there was a massive happened. robbery yeah um, well in the dynamic of just that casual guy who was in luthan's shop um initially i thought he was like a spy and he's like oh did you hear about that this was happening? weird wasn't it but um, then but then he just seemed like very casual about it and and it was kind of like how i hear people talk about events you know, like a big event will happen over in like the Middle East and then it'll just be like brought up like coffee shot, like coffee yeah, talk, you know exactly, what I mean? It's like holding a newspaper. Yeah. Very casual. Whereas like, you know, where the events actually happening, obviously it's just insane. It's a huge deal. It's yeah, a like huge a life changing yeah. type of event. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people died in this attack, right. like literally probably about a dozen Imperial soldiers and rebels died. Right. You know? How did you feel about, uh, the continued portrayal of the empire? I thought it was perfect. I thought I thought you you had the the, the dude with the empire who uh, like wants everything to go over perfect because he's trying to get promoted off of this stupid planet. Like right. him hating on the locals, uh, um, the just being too down fat about to them. put on his belt. That was classic, you know. But, yeah, but then at the same time, little stuff like the little bits of humanity, like oh, but he's got a family too, and they're kind of they're not complicit in this. They're well, just mom and child, you know. Like well, that and that's stuff. what was kind of interesting because like. I was thinking about this a lot. So this last winter, um, Elena and I and her family went to uh, Europe, right? And we, we were in Germany and we went to Dachau, a concentration camp. And the way that the empire is being portrayed specifically in this, in, in, in Andor, is what I envision a lot of like Nazi Germany to be. So you're just talking about that guy and he had a family and they were like complicit almost. So mm. like, they know what's going on. The family does. Yeah, the kid so, like, doesn't even want to wear the uniform. He doesn't. But then the wife knows what's going on. So like, is she is she part of the problem? Is she just as bad, or is she just trying to survive? Yeah, I don't. I don't right? think complicit's the right word, but it's like it's almost like it's almost like an, a, a witness to evil, but like it a is will, like a willing witness. You it know is what I mean? like, and for example, like um, the empire feels very procedural. It feels very business-like yeah. right dudes drinking coffee talking about how they're destroying people's lives mm-hmm. right so so that was like really interesting but like for example Dachau is surrounded by housing it's surrounded by a community right so these these nazi soldiers would literally go to work and their job was to create hell for people and then they'd leave and go and have dinner with their with the family. Locals. Yeah. And well, the and they'd have, were around too. Yeah, yeah. And they'd have, and they'd go and have dinner with their family. Like nothing had happened, even though like it was just incredibly damaging for, for the Jewish people and, and mm-hmm. other people. Right. So, so, and that's, that's like, that's what the empire feels like right now, even down to the stuff that the empire is wearing, like their trench coats. Like it all feels like very like Nazi It does. Germany. Yeah. The, the, the outdoor rain trench coats are definitely that kind of vibe. And, and then just anytime you start talking about things like the ISB, it just totally falls in line with that kind of thing. Right. Like we're here to crush all rebellion. It's crazy. And- yeah. It's crazy. But uh, overall, I think uh, Disney's doing an awesome job with, with Andor. What did, what did you think about the ending scene with Cassian and, and the other guy? It went uh, different than I expected. Um, 
the the dude being like oh yeah i lied about my brother i'm actually here to steal all this money that uh was de- certainly a bit of a surprise but like yeah. once that happened i'm like oh okay this is the route they're going what happens next here is cassian kills this guy and then he becomes like the hero of the mission because he saves this dude from uh from from ruining everything right and then when he goes in it was so interesting like he holds them at gunpoint i know and then, like and like dude that, and that's my thing is like you hold them at gunpoint all that that immediately makes you look suspicious right but then like of course he, he cleans it up but I, I i was surprised with the route that he went like i thought he'd be like hey let's get back to luthan right and then i'll let him pay me and we'll figure this out no it's like no no give me my money and i'm gonna use some <laughs> of this money to buy a ship and i'm gonna get out of here right now it's like dude luthan's going to come find you again right you just succeeded in this mission like right. he's going to be you were incredibly important to you were the pilot like it literally what, hinged on him exactly it hinged on you like what's gonna happen is that like and luthan's super stoked about this whole thing you right. just made two hundred thousand credits well 170 because you had to buy a ship but like the the point is is like like you're you're not out of this yet buddy like if no. anything if anything you're already wanted by the empire before this mission True. you're going to be extremely <laughs> wanted by the empire like you you're imagine in, you're in you're in this deep buddy i don't know what to tell you there's no running away at for this point. sure for sure and what i thought was really cool about the episode too is is it left me not knowing what's happening next mm-hmm. right like i have no clue what's going to happen next and and i love that like that that makes it so much fun to tune in next week yeah it is that it's at a very bridge episode like you could you could your guess would be as good as mine in terms of guessing what the next uh the beginning scene of the next episode could be right like, uh you could tell me cassian would be out in the middle of nowhere just kind of chilling you you could right you could tell me that he'd go back to that that uh previous planet that he was at like who the hell knows what's yeah. going to happen and do you um, uh do you feel like this is contributing to star wars lore absolutely good yeah and like yeah. And it's kind of leaning towards you know so we we now know that the entire isb is going to be because presumably that's what's happening at the end of that episode like when he's like i want reports by midnight right uh, presumably what's happening there is they're getting ev- the entire isb involved with discovering what happened on this mission right and so that's an escalation that would indicate that at some point the seventh fleet could get involved oh. which is what i'm excited about um Although you thinking I, like Thrawn involvement? I, yeah, I, th- I think the Thrawn involvement is coming. Wow. Um, random Thrawn thought. Okay, I'm always down for a random Thrawn, yeah, uh, Thrawn th- thought. How did he convince the Empire to let him paint the symbols of the Chiss Ascendancy on the bottom of his Star Destroyer? So is that actually the symbols of the Chiss Ascendancy? Yeah. Good question. I don't know. Me? It's like he's currently, according to the books, he's having like loyalty arguments with Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Listen, I'm totally, I know that my country, my, my, my entire like, uh, uh, nation's flag is on display under your military <laughs> ship, but to be clear, I'm on your side. Maybe, um, but both. <laughs> maybe they just didn't know. Maybe he painted it and then, you know, Thrawn comes in over Coruscant and everyone's like, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Palpatine just doesn't know what the symbol is. Yeah. No, it's just I'm a big fan of snakes. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, two snakes uh, coming into one at the top <laughs> for like, it. It's like, you see that symbol on a lot of your stuff. I know, big fan of snakes. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. They're all exactly the same. I know. I like them in that arrangement exactly. specifically. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I've, ex- I've actually wondered that um, as well. Not so much of like how did he get the Empire to do it, but 
but how he's the only person to do it. Mm-hmm. The Thrawn's the only person to do a lot of things. Exactly. He's essentially the only alien that's in the upper echelons of the Empire. Yes, exactly. As well. Literally. So, yeah. Literally, yeah. Except except for maybe uh Palpatine's buddy with the ten the Twi'lek that helps him with the with the Senate. Oh yeah, that guy's the worst. Um anything else in your notes on this? No, one? I thought I thought it was awesome. All right. I, I'm totally loving loving Andor. Um, very excited to see what they do next, and I've I have no clue what's in store. We're which halfway I like. through the season. That's wild. A long way to go. Time flies. Yeah. All right, that's all we have for today, guys. As always, we sincerely appreciate your support, and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot.